Thanks for downloading the Azaran podcast. I'd just like to issue a content warning. There is swearing in this episode. So if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, maybe just be aware. If you are in an office environment, maybe pop on your headphones. And if you have any feedback or questions, uh, you can get in touch with us. Details are at ozarin.com. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ozarin podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, by the time you listen to this, it will be the year 2017. So happy new year if you're listening. In the year 2017, if you're listening to any year in the future, then it's, well, I mean, it might still be a happy new year, but that's irrelevant. It will be a happy new year 2017 if you're listening to this on release date. Undoubtedly someone important will have died as well. Oh yeah. There's still time. <laughs> like David Attenborough will probably be dead. Oh no, no. People would say be that. super upset. Deep like, cuts. Or the last one for the Golden Girls. Sorry, Carly. Um, <laughs> or but, Jim yeah. Bowen from Bullseye. Oh no. <laughs> His website is really upsetting. You found that the other day. It is his website. He has his own personal website. It's yeah. an incredible website. Um, it just It's just him on his own talking about stuff and talking about how depressed he is usually. Oh, oh nice. I don't know how alone he is. Yeah. That's, that's horrible. Um, Let's kick off the show with uh, last week's Pearly Remember Game Pool. Yes. Ash, can you, uh, can you remind us what yes. that was? Yes. So last week's Pearly Remember Game Pool was, well, we're not here to sell cookies, so they know something's up. And that was, of course, from... And, of course, that was from Gears of War, which none of you got, so you'll suck. If you can't remember, here's the original... Well, we're not here to sell cookies, so they know something's up. Let's clear that station. And that was Marcus Phoenix. Yes. So it was. That was him talking to his bro, Dom. That was his witty banner. Mr. Soul Patch himself. Yep. Dom's wife is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, so is he... It's she, right, died, she gets, died in 2016 as well. It's okay. Sorry, Dom's wife. <laughs> he gets, he gets more tail later in the game. So. Yeah. What year did the locusts arrive? I can't I mean, tell I you that stay, information. But I don't remember what year it was. Okay, I was hoping it was soon so we don't have to put up with Oh my god. Carrie Fisher's the locust queen. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to raise Actually, a, sorry, it was Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> I'm going to raise a glass to all those we lost in 2016 and here's hoping 2017's a bit better. Oh my god. They're all, they're all still going to die. Wait, so, um, sorry. Besides uh, Celebrity Death Pill, what have we been playing? Um, well, shall we start from left to right or will we just go from... Who's on the left? Top? Me. I'll start. Yeah. Well, for the, for the benefit <laughs> of our listeners, Liam, do you want to go first? Yeah, I've been playing a couple of games. Uh, most importantly, I just started a playthrough of Resident Evil. Yes. Um, the first one on the PlayStation. Not the remake. Not even the I director's s- cut. Not the director's cut. Oh. I don't want the director's cut, otherwise I'd be playing that, I think, maybe. But just Resident Evil. Uh, I did start off on Remake, uh, Dave will tell you. Um, yes. But I just, I really wanted to just play Resident Evil. Is it it a- looks amazing, it plays fine. Remake um, is a very different game. It's the first time I played it, Remake. I, when I realised there was extra rooms that weren't in the original, I was just like, actually, I'm going back to play the original. Change things a bit. Remake I think feels very much like its own game. It's this, not yeah. really a there's also a, I think there's a lot more pickups in the Remake. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, because there's a you get the knife to stab people when they grab you. Yeah. You can oh yeah. Respond you you and yeah. I'm like, I'm not. This isn't a criticism on remake. It's literally just that I was gonna play it because I wanted to play Resident Evil. Yeah. Remake will be for another day because uh, I'm gonna play Resident Evil. Then I'm gonna move on to Resident Evil Two, oh. and then play Resident Evil Three, which I just bought. So. Um, yeah, I think it's done. It, it doesn't need to be said that like remake is excellent, but yeah. it's oh, yeah, not Resident Evil One. It's, it's not. It's its own thing. So seven yeah. is out this month in January. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, January. You, gonna, you think you'll get through all six before then? Or? I 
I'm firing through Resident Evil. I'm almost done. Um, maybe. I'd, if I get the first three down... You're happy enough to leave four, five, and six? Four, I've played so much, I don't need to play it. Yeah. Um, five and six... They're clusterfucks. Anyways. I just don't need to play it. <laughs> six. Leave yeah. us a personal grudge against six. I did. Uh, I bought six when I was a student, and I, had n- I didn't have very much money. I was in Tesco, and the decision came... Down to could I eat this week or could I buy Resident Evil Six? Oh no! Oh the god! Decision. You uh, And literally, like you think that's um, me exaggerating? Uh, I it was a week until I next got money from SAS or whatever. I had just enough to either buy food or buy Resident Evil Six, and I bought Resident Evil Six because I was a student. And then hated yourself for the next. Uh, yeah, I played it for like a day, and then. But um, no, I'm really loving playing Resident Evil again. Uh, one of my favorite things about it is. Um, it's something that I think is lost in modern games because I mean modern games they don't you couldn't really do it as easily with it but Resident Evil lends itself to it games like I mean if you ever played old text adventures yeah uh, I remember I played Planetfall recently and I did the same thing there is I like to draw maps of what I'm playing and Resident Evil is so important as well um, because it does this thing where the camera angle changes in such a way so that you can never get your bearings right or really work out where you're going uh, and also there's just so many pickups and so many things that um, writing them down is so much easier and it's great because uh, in Resident Evil at the first part to get access to the courtyard you need to pick up the three uh, no the four crests you get the moon sun stars and wind crests yes uh, but you have to do a series of things before you can get each crest so a good way to save inventory space this is kind of maybe cheating but you can work things out, write it down on the map, die without having saved, and just do it again because you now know where everything is. Yeah, sure. So, and you don't really need to, you know, it gives things permanence. And in the survival game, that's kind of invaluable because there's not that many saves. Yeah. So I, I worked out all the crests just by dying a bunch of times. <laughs> that's very nice. It's more like a no. Yeah, I mean, I'm still playing the game. Um, I've played it before, but long enough ago now that I don't really remember exactly how to do everything. Uh, so I'd go and I'd work out, I'd find like um, certain things and I'd go, well, they're there. And I'll map, not note it down on my map. I'd be like, behind the grandfather clock, it's the shield key. And I knew I didn't need that until later. So I just left it where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, went and did something else. Found like this, a certain crest and was like, okay, there's a crest. And then and then just because I'm not saving, I'd end up dying because it's inevitable. It's going to happen a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just be like, well, I've already, I already know that the key's behind the grandfather clock and the crest is there. So I'll start working out some other things, and I'll only take what I need to progress enough to find out where everything is. And then once you've worked out enough, you do it all at once. So you'd grab a bunch of things and put them all into place, and then you'd save. And it would just save you so much in resources like herbs and ink and everything. Have you um, played anything else? Or? Yeah, I can't remember. I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil. Uh, must have been something else. Um, go around once, and I'll come back to you. <laughs> uh, so really, uh, I've been playing a lot of Mini Metro. You guys know it's a mobile game, Steam game. Uh, I picked it up pretty cheap uh, for uh, on, on iOS, and uh, it's the first time I've really had a chance to play it. So it's just a cute little puzzle game, really simple design, and you essentially have to manage routes between stations that yeah. appear on your map and manage the travelers. And it's it's quite hectic, you know. Eventually, you know, you get like loads of train stations uh, appearing, and you have to make sure that you have. Uh, I, I guess like a suitable route between a bunch of them. It's it's just a little survival game because eventually you know you'll get wrecked. It's, you just yeah. want to see what, like what 
you, it's like an arcade game, so you're trying to beat your high score every time. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different maps with it, and it was only seventy nine pence. So, um, mostly that. Uh, I also I was uh, I tried out the Gravity Rush two demo on PS four, which was a lot of fun. I played the the first one briefly on the Vita, and it's a really bright, colorful game where you manipulate gravity to travel around uh, this environment, mm. and uh, it's a like a combat based action game. And I think the, the gravity control was just a really nice mechanic on it. The second game looks really cool as well. Obviously on PS4 rather than, than Vita this time. Um, so the the graphics are a lot nicer. There's a lot more on screen at any one time. Uh, the environments are really cool. I think based on my limited knowledge of it, if I've got, um, if I've got time to, if I'm not playing anything else, I probably will pick it up. But also... Briefly played uh, Near Automata, uh, the demo, and I think I'm probably leaning towards that if I only had to pick one of them just now. Um, but I'll, I'll let Ashley talk about that because. Or Dave, he played it. Or Dave. Yeah, I'll well, talk about it. Uh, he's that. probably fresher in his mind than it is in mine. Yeah, sure. So, Dave, you wanna. So, before getting to Near Automata, I'll talk about other stuff I've been playing. Um, mostly I've been playing Parasite Eve 2. Which is obviously a PlayStation game from the late late 90s. Um, after the Resident Evil boom, we've talked about this kind of game before. It's um, time controls, pre rendered backgrounds, kind of Resident Evil esque combat, CG cutscenes. Um, but it was a bit of a twist on the formula because the first Parasite doesn't actually play like that at all. Have you, have you ever played the first Parasite? I have Liam has, I know he has. Uh, Ash, have you? I haven't, no. It actually plays a bit more like. Um, a cross between Vagrant Story and Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. Like the actual game, the actual like field traverse traversing works a bit like Final Fantasy VIII. Like it's um, pretty on their backgrounds, but the camera will move along with it, um, like in all the Final Fantasies. Yeah. Um, and the combat works like Vagrant Story. You've got a combat sphere. You'll have a small area in which you can traverse for combat, um, and you'll that like navigate with enemies, use different abilities, all that kind of thing. Um, so. Parasite Eve 2 is actually very, very different. It works more like a Resident Evil title. Um, so you'll have pre rendered backgrounds that are stationary. Um, the camera doesn't move at all. And as such, it feels more claustrophobic, more like you're navigating a maze, which Parasite Eve 2 feels like more like you're navigating a large field. Um, much like Final Fantasy games, whereas this is more like Resident Evil. Combat also takes place in real time in these fields. Um, so you will have... Um, uh, the combat feels a lot, a lot more like Resident Evil 2 um, but you have magic integrated in there as well as um, abilities that you can level up uh, things like that um, so your magic will allow you to protect yourself heal yourself or attack enemies in different ways so you've got three basic elements are fire, thunder and uh, wind um, but wind's more like um, gravity I guess Sure, it's just kind of, uh, kind of like sort of undefined force, um. So it's quite a different feeling game, but it feels like a very, very refined version of Resident Evil Combat. It's a really interesting game. Um, Parasite Eve One did not come out in um the UK mm-hmm. or Europe. It only came out in Japan and US. So it is actually quite hard to get hold of a copy. Um, even on eBay, it's really difficult to find. Um, you can get Japanese copies, but like good luck. There are enough Japanese to read it. Um, the interesting thing about those games as well is. They're sequels to a novel. Yes. Like, there is a novel. It wasn't a novel that 
Like, I think they just bought the license and made the games. Yeah. Like, they didn't write the novel and then make the games yeah. as a sequel. Um, so there's also, like, movies and stuff based off of it, uh, off of the novel, Yeah. which take... I don't... There's no magic in it, I don't think. Does it no, not have the same seen name? Is it yeah, so they're all called Parasite Eve, yeah, but the they all have different continuities and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. the film takes place in Tokyo, whereas the games take place in New York, right. and also the Nevada Desert. Yeah. Um, so, like, they're... They are a totally different thing. Like they are Japanese novels and movies, and the games are Japanese, but they all take place in the US. I remember it's kind of weird. Being a kid and having the PlayStation magazine, and one of the PlayStation magazines had a full-page ad for Parasite Eve. Yeah, and it's the one where the, there's like a woman, and she's like looking over her shoulder or something, and her like her face is becoming like a wee monstery type face. Yeah, or something like that. And I remember that freaking me out. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just because nobody ever really talks about them anymore. No, they were they were kind of a. It's weird as well because they have like a lot of talent attached to them. Like um, Yoko Shimomura, obviously the direct uh, composer for Final Fantasy Fifteen and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura did all the concept art, who obviously works on major nice. titles within Square. Um, so they've got all this this these big name people attached to them, and they don't really get talked about anymore. But I think that's because third birthday was terrible but the less said about third birthday the better but the thing is the thir- I don't think third birthday was even that successful because no, that was that was way after Parasite Eve was relevant yeah. so they brought it out and even then before then nobody talked about it it was meant to be a mobile title like it was not meant to come out on um, any kind of console at all but they changed it in development funny thing about that uh, Hajime Tabata directed third birthday oh isn't that interesting yeah. <laughs> um, I, he's done He's done good games, though. He has done... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's another topic in itself. He has done good games, that's true. But uh, the other things I've been playing... play a little bit Dino Crisis, but that's... Very... Because that's another Resident Evil title. It's not worth talking about loads of Resident Evil titles at once. Hitman, I've been playing a bit as well. The new Hitman for the PS4. Um, that's the episodic one. Yeah, so I bought the Season 1 pack, which was 24 quid. Not right. It's, it's, a lot of people have been saying it's a really good game. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been hitting a lot of game of the years and like you know some 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 uh, in depth reviews uh, online about the mechanics in it. And there are does, like, sorry how how continuity wise does it continue on from Absolution? Or so it... it starts before any of the Hitman games actually take place. Right. Um. So like you are hired by the organization that Diana works for. Yeah. Um. So and then she's you, still kicking about. Well. I think um, I think the game takes place during or before Hitman One. Right. So it's but like it, it doesn't really make a big issue of continuity. It just is you are Hitman and here is Diana and she helps you do stuff. It's no it's never made a big deal. No. Um, which is probably for the best because people, I think the continuity of Hitman is now getting a bit sort of awry of what Hitman actually well, the is. The thing I didn't like about Absolution was it was too much about Hitman himself. Yeah. He shouldn't. He should be like a. Faceless assassin, where it's like you, you take on that role. Well, because like if you look at Blood Money, a lot of the different missions are little stories in themselves. Well, that's that's the what's one of the things they emphasise in this game is like, especially in the the first couple of missions of training missions that get you used to the mechanics and stuff, and encourage you to like take different ways into a mission and exploit different things that happen during a mission story and all that kind of thing. But the the main thing. And really the only thing that you learn about Agent 47 himself is that you are a hitman and you are really good at what you do and you're like an expert in being a hitman. And they make a really big deal about like making it clear that Agent 47 is like the best thing that's ever happened to hitmen. Right. Um, and you have to live up to his ability. Mm. So it encourages you to play as well as you can in order to make 
to give Agent Forty Seven some kind of justice, suppose, which is clever. Um, and that's like you don't, it doesn't get any other characterization. All that they say is like Danis is Hitman's really fucking good. Um, <laughs> so like, there's no much. Sto- there's no much. I've only ever got to the first mission so far because like, in terms of getting the gameplay and stuff like that, there's actually so much going on in missions that it's a bit overwhelming. Like, there's so much going on. There's so many things that you can take advantage of, and there's so many different paths you can take. And there's all these like, even in the first mission alone, there's like six or seven different paths through the mission, and not all of them go one way. Like they're not, they don't all, they're not all linear. And so you could do one half of one, and then like kind of segue into the second half of another. Yeah. And so it's really clever the way it works, and it's really well designed. But it's so overwhelming. Like I need, I'm going to, need to sit down with this game for a while and try and like figure out these missions. But it's good because that gives you a lot of investment in the game. Like. It's the perfect example of a game not need to have story, but if the gameplay's there, then that's what grips you. You should yeah. draw a map. <laughs> if you were, Maps if, are good. I would, I would need a map that like changes in real time for this game. Oh yeah. my god. Um, there's so much going on. Is there any uh, like um, level generation? Or is it all like, properly it's all designed? It's all one levels? very, very big level for each stage. Yeah. So you've got six levels at the moment. Um, but there's different challenges and different ways to complete each mission and all that kind of thing there's so much going on with each individual stage that like even one could probably keep you going for like five or ten hours yeah there's a lot going on and this is just season one so i'm guessing there's going to be at least another season so i mean obviously knowing your surroundings is very important in yes. games so like how does the level being so big affect your uh, your mission success and your ability to become familiar with certain areas um that's an interesting one because like you need to I think it's very much trial and error. Like, you just need to keep going until you stop, and then you need to go back to the three things. Like, well, this happens here. This is what stopped me from progressing here. Yeah. Like, I tried this one way, but it doesn't look like there's any way to get further there, so I'll stop there and I'll go this way. Because I haven't really played the Hitman games before, but I imagine time is often a factor as well. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of time-sensitive stuff, so it's like, it's just kind of getting your getting your way along kind of in a bitty way. So, like, you're going bit by bit by bit and the, the more progress you make the more you're remembering like I need to go here this at this point I need to go Got do you. this at this specific point during when this other thing happens and all that kind of thing so you're kind of working out a mental map of your entire surroundings and all the events that are going on and just kind of by feeling at the level it's quite clever the way it's designed it's like it's designed not to like lead you it's designed to like say it's designed to give the player a sort of look at everything that's going. So, like, if you get to a certain point, you know, just by looking at your surroundings, it's just by intuition, you can figure out where you're supposed to go next. But again, like, it's all just trial and error, which it makes sense because, like, it feels like it's that kind of game. It's like you're no, you're not being cheated by the game. You're being cheated by your own lack of perception, sure, or like that you're not playing well enough to take advantage of what's happening around you. So um, as long as it doesn't feel like it's punishing you, yes. No, it's just it always feels like I'm not adapting to what this level is doing. It's not as if it's the level ever feels like it's working against you. There's always something going on that you could take advantage of, but you just need to be better at it. Yeah. So it's really clever. Um, final thing I played, like you mentioned, was a uh, near automata. Yes. Which I just played about an hour ago. Um, on your PlayStation. It's good. I meant to download it, but I never did. Um, and I was wanting to pl- play it before we recorded, and I've never had an opportunity to. Um, it is 
I mean, the easiest way to describe it is a platinum game. Mm. And it, it, it certainly is a platinum game. So, for people that aren't familiar, what, what other games have they worked on? They have worked on um, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2, Metal Gear Rising, um, uh, the Tran- Sorry? Vanquish. Vanquish, Vanquish is a great game. Um, Wonderful 101, um, all those kind of games. Transformers. Transformers <laughs> Devastation. <laughs> which was free Charles. last month on uh, PlayStation Plus, right? That's right, yeah. And um, that game for Avatar, Legend of Korra. They did that. They did that game as well. Cool. Um, yeah. they, so it's a lot of like um, platformer-based action, hack and slash. They, they're all the same game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the all best very way good possible. Game. Yeah, all so, so really, when someone's like, "Can you develop a game for us?" It's like, "Can we use your your uh, engine?" Yeah. Well, you just need to look at Near, the first Near. Yeah, um, and then this game. Um, and totally and you're just like Near was a sort of. I mean, it's it's not like a complete like sideways like from left field or whatever you call it like you know it's not out of nowhere you can see how it could be like a near game but when you when you play it you're just like that's exactly all they've done is make a platinum game with the near IP yeah well it's, they're, they're, off, they're off like, uh, platinum are good at integrating new things in each game that make them feel unique feature yeah so that they're, they're not exactly the same no but um, I mean like they're, they're um, there's always one wee thing that differentiates them like one platinum with another so like the bayonet tells us which time where you get your slowdown effect. Vanquish um, had like sliding along the ground. Vanquish had your sliding, um, all that Revengeance kind of acrobatic slices. stuff. Revengeance had your um, slicing stuff. Uh, Transformers transforming. Um, this one has a bullet hell mechanic, which yes. is bizarre, but it works really well. So you've got this a drone, yeah. like in a bullet hell game. So like um, his name's Pod. His name is Pod. <laughs> Um, and you can get a skin from the Mason Luke, a PlayStation 1. Yeah. Um, he's just a little uh, cuboid with uh, He's a weird robot, man. And a gun. Um, and he floats Same beside time. you like like a power-up in a bullet hell game. Yeah. Um, and you can fire him independently. Uh, you can aim him independently. Um, so he does he does work in a 3D space. He just works like an extra gun. But the game will occasionally switch camera angles. Yeah, you? which I um, thought was one of the, the more interesting parts of it. Yeah, um, so at first it will switch to side-on, so it feels like a, a side-on platformer, like a 2D platformer. And at that point, you get more full control of Pod's shooting mechanics, so you can shoot full 360 around you. Mm. And then it starts to make a bit more sense as to why he's there, because the game switches to this kind of perspective quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so it, it become, it was still useful, but it was more for doing chip damage in third person mode but in this one he's kind of for keeping enemies away yeah um, or like blocking projectiles which again a big thing um, plus because all of your your attacks are sword based it's yeah. quite good for distance uh, like enemies that are like maybe further like floating yeah. uh, some, yeah. some of them have like um, and there is a big emphasis on enemies that have distance based attacks so like projectiles and that kind of yeah. thing yeah. like the big purple orbs that you get fired at you um, and then it switched to top down yes. which again is blatantly bullet hell inspired and that's where he really becomes useful because then enemies start to surround you yeah. and like bullets and uh, enemy projectiles become like a really big issue you need to deal with Yeah. and Pod comes into his own really well then because not only does he have these like standard bullets which take out projectiles and hurt enemies mm-hmm. he's got a wee laser that you can use much like a power up yeah. and a bullet hell can <laughs> um, so it's this bizarre sort of combination like a, a f- what appears to be quite a Solid slasher. I, I wouldn't put it on anything like at the level of bayonet, but I don't know if there's any more weapons. You might only get the sword. I don't know, because um, you only get the sword in the demo. Yeah. Um, 
but like there's this weird other thing going on where it's switching between a standard Platinum's uh, hack and slash and like an, an actually functional bullet hell game yeah. which has been done in Platinum games before there is a stage in Bayonetta 2 and that it's like is, a Galaga type thing isn't it? it's a Galaga cross like they this is where they basically say we would really like to make a Star Fox game. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, because it's got a lock-on mechanic. It's got a lock-on mechanic. Um, I think there is like some kind of remix that Star Fox tune in it because like obviously Nintendo financed that game. Yes. The, yeah. Um, and then they made Star Fox and it wasn't very good, but that's besides the point. Um, but like they've been, they've always wanted to do something like this. And um, Yoko Taro, um, the director for this, I think he's had some input in it because he likes to make his games. A little bit weird and esoteric. Yeah. He's a weird guy. He is a weird guy. Um, he's the guy that, um, if you remember seeing the um, PlayStation uh, press conference at um, E3 a couple of years ago, he was the guy that was wearing the big moon shaped mask. That's him. Um, yeah, we posted a photo as well. Um, he he was wearing the same thing in an interview with Edge magazine recently. Like he, he said something like he didn't want to turn people to stone in his case. Or, or some, <laughs> something, something bizarre. And um, I think in a, a recent one, like. Um, uh, Atlas announced a new RPG they were making um, and he did a recent interview where he referenced that and said Atlas please don't make a new RPG because you will put me out of business <laughs> um, so like he's he's quite a a, a dry humour kind of guy he's a, he seems pretty interesting but this game could be very interesting in itself um, the demo was really impressive like there's a lot of stuff going on there that could work really well in the large you know, grander scale and there's Stuff that's on a very big scale in this demo, so it'll be oh, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. the, the scale was really important. Um, I mean, the art and the animation that they do. Animation, well, like, yeah, the, the character animation fantastic. and designs are both really cool. It's, it's the same character designer that did uh, Final Fantasy XII's character. Yes, I believe so. Uh, they have a they have a pretty star-studded cast working in this game. They do. It looks to be amazing. Pretty good-looking lady. Just kind of is. Uh, but that's what I've played. What have you played, Ash? I have been playing Pokemon Moon because that is what I got for my Christmas. Oh my god. Um, and we've spoke about it a bit before on mm. one of the other podcasts, but I don't think you were there. Do I wasn't there, was but just... they were talking about the demo. I think, yeah, it was me, Liam, and Barry. We were talking about the demo. Um, obviously, now that I've got the full game, I've been playing it pretty much since Christmas night. Christmas night, I think I turned it on. Yeah, if you weren't pl- playing it in the car, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't playing it in the car. I was, I was being polite, and I was not. You were keeping me company while it was fine. But um, it's it's really good actually. It's it's similar to all of the other Pokemon games, as all of them are. They all have the same yeah. theory behind them, but they have added just enough and changed just enough that it feels quite fresh compared to the other ones. Mm. I have uh, a Mega Ruby. Yeah. From the last generation, the Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, and I've never actually finished that ever. Okay. I've restarted it numerous times. But you, you only started playing those in the last year or so, right? Omega Ruby. Yeah. I don't know whenever whenever it came out. I bought it when it came out. She bought oh. it for me. Oh. Mm, it was, yeah. Okay. Quite um, a while ago. I heard they weren't particularly great ports. I heard that there was a couple of issues with them. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't they weren't fantastic. I mean, don't get me wrong, they were. They, they were good. They were Pokemon games, but yeah. I couldn't get through it. Like I've I've restarted it three. I think this is my third time restarting it. Uh-huh. Um, and I've I've just really struggled to get. There comes a certain point in the game. I think it's about two thirds through, and I just kind of lose steam on them. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know if it is partially because it's the same thing that you've done in every other Pokemon game ever. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the exact same... They're the same gems. It's the same order of gems. Yeah. They've, they've just changed the character models in it. That's literally... And they've added some new Pokemon. Whereas in Pokemon Sun and Moon... Uh, Sun and Moon. So mine is working on a 12-hour difference. Oh, that's right. I heard about So yeah. when I play my game during the day, it's night. And when I play it at night, it's daytime. Because you're a bit of a night owl, so I figured... Because I am. I work a lot of shifts. Uh, so I'm actually awake a lot at night. And it's it's useful. They, they incorporate that into the gameplay, the fact that it changes between day and night. There are certain Pokemon that you're more likely to catch at night. Mm-hmm. There are certain Pokemon that will only evolve at night. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much you level them up. If you only ever play it during daylight hours of the game, you're stuck. I guess you're an Umbreon. You're never... Yes. Uh, yes, one of the one of the requirements to get Umbreon from Eevee is that it has to be at night. That's right. Um, otherwise, tough. Um, but yeah, and I mean, a lot of it's stuff that we, we spoke about or we, I guess we kind of made guesses on in the previous podcast because I'd only played the demo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And neither of you guys have played it. Um, they've done away with gyms. They don't exist anymore. Oh, they don't? No. Uh, you don't, you don't fight Pokemon gyms anymore. So there are four, in Aloha, there are four islands. Right. And every island has, well, I've only done two islands so far. But every island has island captains, and right. they give you trials, which right. are they're kind of like strange mini games. Um, mm. You go and you meet them, and like one of the most recent ones that I've done, uh, her her kind of thing is that she's a chef, like she she right. cooks for Pokemon and for people. So her trial is that you have to wander around this jungle area and find ingredients for her. Mm. Obviously. Every ingredient that you come across has a, like, it's got a Pokemon guard in it, so you have yeah. to fight the Pokemon. But you have to get through these trials, which they are, it's mostly either find stuff or defeat X amount of, it, it's, it feels kind of like a, it's almost like a side quest from Final Fantasy, where you oh go God. and you're like, oh, go and find me five of these and bring them to me. Find five frogs of the way around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after you've done that, after you defeat all the captains, you have to go and fight the kahuna of the island. That's literally what they're the kahunas. The, the, big, the, the big, big kahuna. The big kahuna of the island. You go and you fight them and they have a... Usually as well, sorry, the captains have totem Pokemon. So they've got a Pokemon that they've... It's wild, it's not theirs, but they've sort of trained it or conditioned it so that it's like right. a super powerful version that's got this fancy aura. It looks as though it's fire in the game and it's way more powerful um, and you fight them and then you fight the big kahuna and that's how you end up getting your crystal. So rather than badges in Pokemon Sun and Moon, you get crystals, Crystals, which let you use your Z-moves. Because if you don't have them, you can't use your Z-move, which is obviously another new mechanic they've put in, which are just, they're generic, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Z-moves, is that something that they were going to put into Pokemon Z? Probably, I guess so. Because they've cancelled that. Yeah, very. It's very likely. Um, it's it's just a gimmick. Like they're they're really generic. Each crystal has a type. So you get they're they're called they're called like normalium. They're really stupid. Right, they're named really stupidly. It's watery, waterium, normalium, etc. That's metal names, not even crystal names. Yeah. Um, God damn it. That's what they've called them, and uh, you basically just equip them to 
a Pokemon that has the right kind of move for it. So as long as it's got a normal type move, yeah, it can have the Normalium Crystal. Same move for every Pokemon. So no matter. You can just use that move once per battle, right? Once per battle. Um, because it tires them out. Makes them too sleepy. Uh, so they can only use it once. Um, the only ones that I've come across so far that have a specific crystal is you do actually get one that only Snorlax can use and you get one that only Pikachu can use. Of course. Only okay. Pikachu. Obviously. Um, but I haven't been able to use either of them yet because I don't have a Pikachu. And while I have a Snorlax, he refuses to become compatible. So I don't actually know how to use it. Like, you know, in all the Pokemon games, you get your TMs and you get your... Yeah. Oh, so do they look you, like that? Oh, tells you, like, right. able, unable when you go to equip them. Oh. Yeah. Snorlax is not able to use Snorlium, which is what his crystal's called. Uh, Snorlium. Snorlium. Oh my god. Um, so I legitimately have no idea how I'm supposed to use You've that. You've got but a it's, Snorlax. Yeah, it's for Snorlax. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, You're enjoying it though? I'm enjoying it. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a nice take on them. You don't have... Uh, you don't have things like fly anymore either. No, no fly. Oh my no God. fly. You don't have TMs. Well, no, fly. This is what Surf. I thought I had heard last yeah. time we were recording. That you don't have... Um, HMs or TMs. You do have... Oh God, HMs. You, you, you don't have HMs. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's a HM for fly. You've still got your TMs. you still got your technical moves. But yeah. there's no fly. There's no surf. No. They, they don't exist anymore. Here's a question. I don't know if you'd be able to answer it yet. Is it change for change's sake? Or is it actually enough to revitalise Pokemon? Because not so that I'm saying Pokemon is bad, but it is now, what is it, 25 years old? No. 20 years old. 20 years old. 20 years old. Oh my god. And the games have always been quite formulaic. And yeah. some people, I'm not, I'm still, I loved Pokemon last game that came out. X and Y. Um, yeah, I completed them, they were good. I always loved Pokemon. But people have been saying you need to introduce more. True. And they have been doing I thought that X and Y introduced some interesting things. Yeah. But this, they're like, well, now we don't have... Yeah. In this Omega, one, we're like, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire, we're just... But they're remakes, so they don't really yeah, So if Sun and Moon, like... But it, they're saying, like, we're removing gems and we're doing this. Yeah. And we're removing this and we're doing this. It doesn't necessarily mean they won't go back to the old... No, 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 that's uh, not what I'm saying. True, I'm yeah. saying, is it just that they're like, we need to change it, so we're going to change it? Or are they saying... This is actually an interesting and better way to do it. It's going to bring people back to the Pokemon, so let's do it. Is it change for change's sake? Because they know that they need to evolve the games and change them. Or is it they had this idea and they thought it was worth putting into the game in place of the tried and true Pokemon formula? From the amount that I've played, as I said, I've only done two of the four islands, but I've got, what, four, four of the crystals or whatever, so it's... I don't know how much of a chunk it is, but we'll say it's half. Hmm. Um, some of it is definitely changes for changes' sake. Uh, the removal of the HMs for flying, surf, and stuff, I actually think that is quite a clever change because yeah. what you do now is you get, after you hit a certain point in the game, you get what's called a ride pager. Right. And you don't get all of them straight away. So initially, you just get a Taurus that you can charge around on and he can smash through boulders that have previously barred your way yeah it's the same it's the exact same principle as when you get the hms but they've just yeah. made the additions like physical additions and then you end up getting uh stoutland i don't know actually know what that is but it's it's like a a big dog yeah it's it's a big carry sniffer dog that you go on and it, it digs things out for you 
So it's kind of like dig. And you get Charizard to fly and, and all the rest of it. But um, I think it does work better because you never have that problem where, you know, you always had to kind of dither about who you were going to teach yeah. fly to and you always had to have them on your party. Yeah, yeah. So I like that. I think that's a change that is they've, they've done well. The fact that they took the gyms away and put in the trials and the kahunas kind of just feels like they've thought, we need to change it. We've set this Pokemon on a tropical island, so yeah. what's the easiest way to do it? Oh, we'll give them kahunas. Yeah. And captains. We won't give them gyms. gyms. Not to be confused with colonies. Um, and the crystals, adding the crystals rather than the badges is literally just so they could make use of the Z-move mechanic, which is very potential that it was something they wanted to introduce in games that they're not getting. Yeah. Because um, they don't, I don't think they make a big difference. Like, I don't think they're great. I can understand the novelty of it for kids because they brought out a... Oh, an armband. Yeah, they brought out an armband to go with it. So even though you have the crystals, each person that you beat that gives you crystals shows you the Z move and you have to do a different dance (laughs) you don't physically have to do it obviously it's your character that does it but I think when you have the wristband I think it's an interactive thing for kids it glows and you can stick things in it it feels like a a response to Yokai Watch. Yes. Yeah. You've got the Yokai Watch dance, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about Yokai Watch because the, the Nintendo press conference still... before, uh, well, a few months ago, like the. Uh, I thought the guys was doing the Yokai Watch. All oh, right. Dance. I thought the watch in Yokai Watch let you see the Yokai. I think it does. Okay. I'm Yokai confuses me and it scares me because it's new and the kids like it and I don't understand <laughs> what it is. And I know it's kind of like Pokemon, but I don't understand the difference. And I know what a yokai is. Yeah, mate, this is pretty much from, me five as in years like, ago with League. Not, not as in from yokai watch, but yokai in just general, right? Because there's, there's a that's an old thing that's been around. Yeah, for the a yokai while. just means spirit. Yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what a yokai is in what in terms of watches. I in know, Pokemon I, games. I know. Uh... Like, when Yokai Watch came out, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, it's kind of like Pokemon, but I have absolutely no idea what it is. <laughs> like, no. there's, there's a wee man, he's got a ghost. I think he's a ghost friend. boy. A ghost cat boy. Catch spirits or something. I watched an episode of it, and uh, his parents are arguing because of two spirits. And the Yokai's like, oh, kid, I'm sorry, your parents are arguing. Take this watch. Look, there's really just fat ghosts, and that's why your life is shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's all the fat ghosts' fault. You can fix it. Um, but... No, I, I grew up with Pokemon. So. Is there an old Yokai Watch is still big in Japan? I know it was like really huge for a while, but I think it. I think it is. I think yeah. it's still like well, top, like top in sales charts and stuff. To over here, the perception is kind of just like well, they saw Pokemon and and so they made a game kind of like Pokemon. But over there, the perception is it's a game about Yokai. Yeah, it's a it's more established over there. Like yeah, not I guess the so. Franchise, but like the whole sort of concept. Concept, yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't really have any of that. Like we no. don't have any sort of you know your spirit clings to things or spirits have bad cool, things like a, happen we don't really give a shit here it's like a children's back in Monogatari we've got Kelties and shit yeah but I mean like the concept the of Yokai Watch isn't really Selfie. along no. the same shit from Durara from Durara, <laughs> from Durara. <laughs> Durara. everybody knows the, the Irish spirit oh, Kelty alright oh, uh, I was confused because Kelty from Durara she's a Dullahan yes. yes that's an Irish she's mythology yeah I think everybody knows that they got into motorbikes. They do. Yeah. It's funny because her motorbike replaces her horse, doesn't it? That's right. She's a headless horseman. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I know my Durer. Durer. Mister Shinzo Abe with his red sign. 
That's his name, right? Surely. Shizu. <laughs> They're all Shizu. called Shinzo. His, his, name is, his name is Shizu. Oh, Shizu. 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 Isaiah is the one that Shizu fights with all the time because Isaiah just kind of hangs around. He's not human. He likes to battle. I knew I should never have tried to talk about anime on this podcast. (laughs) I fucked it right away. He was like, no, Liam was wrong. I know (laughs) all the anime. You can't even talk about it. God. You guys watched much anime this year? Like any new stuff? Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you remember what other games you've been playing? Yeah. O- Overwatch. <laughs> okay. Continue to play did, did you collect all of your Christmas costumes? No, I've still got to get Sombra, and I've still got to get Tracer, and I'm really mad. If I don't get them, I'll be livid as I shell out How long do you have? Second of December. Oh, fuck! Sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> second of December. I need to buy them tonight. I won't be playing over the next two days. I'll be January. Second, second of January. January. Second of January. <laughs> yeah. Second of December. You need second. to buy the boxes, yeah. Danny. No, no, I'm not buying boxes. I'll oh. just buy the skins. I've got almost 6,000 gold coins. Is that all, right. all the ones you need? Yeah. Um, Tracer's Christmas skin is 3,000 gold coins. Uh-huh. Sombra's skin is 750 gold coins. But That's I was quite a really... Yeah, because the Sombra one, I think, is a purple... Yeah. Tracer's one is maybe a gold. Okay. Uh, oh, in rarity. Of like yeah. rarity. Yeah. So you have to pay more if it's rarer in game. That's that um, makes sense, I guess. And Tracer's one is better. Sombra's one's cool. It's a peppermint skin. Uh-huh. But Tracer's one is an elf costume, <laughs> and she's right. got like sleighs on her arms or something. But um, the thing is, that's three thousand seven hundred and fifty gold coins, and you can't buy gold coins. You have to get them from loot boxes. Yeah. And yeah. to save up that amount of gold coins has taken me ages. So if I did find them in it. the Loot boxes, uh, it's like a thousand for like a top tier skin outside of a, a an event. So the ones that aren't in events, they're a thousand each. Uh-huh. So Tracer's skin, I'm like, that's a really nice skin, but that's still three of everybody else's skins. I could have three regular skins, uh, and then another one almost with somber. But I'm gonna buy them because I need to. Cool. Just completionist. Uh, yeah, um, and also just bragging rights. It's like I've got all yeah. the skins yeah, yeah. for Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, it's for that completionist value yeah what else did I I mean because I fell for it with Destiny as well um, <laughs> yeah I, I, it is one of my weaknesses where I, I love your time I like... actually I almost picked that <laughs> yeah. up Destiny. Uh, for the PS4 yeah, yeah yeah you should do it and come and join us um, but you never just play anymore you don't play anymore well we don't play anymore because we've finished all the content but you should come and play when Destiny 2 comes out uh, what else have I, I been playing I finally finished Final Fantasy 15 Wait. So I can put a pin in that. Is it putting a pin in it or whatever? Yeah. I can just I can file that under done. And <laughs> yeah, put the past behind you. Uh, yeah, I and never maybe... look at it again. David, no. have you completed it? Not yet. No. Ashley, how on. close are you? Uh, thirteen. Oh, thirteen so chapters. Quite close. You're almost Two done. Chapters are uh, I'm, I'm way back. It'll end quicker than you think. I've not played it. Too long. I've heard yeah that the end of it's not very long or in depth, and actually it's just shite. But. I, We'll if, if, if it end comes is... down to it, I'm, I see. I don't mind spoilers personally. Yeah. So when we record our our special episode where we're talking about it and stuff, yeah. I'm I'm quite happy to just ask questions and yeah. not have the full picture of it and let you guys. I already you know. know how it ends. Like I haven't played it, but you know I, I know how it ends. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's one thing to know and one, another thing to experience it having yeah. played. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't I've, think I'll, I would I don't say think that it'll hit me in the feels as much as it had other people. I don't think I'll care. My my relationship with Final Fantasy 15 is ever changing. Um, the, but my feelings on the story they're they're quite solid but I think I was I might start New Game Plus okay because I want to go and do a lot of the side quests and stuff also I really want to now that I've played the end I want to play the start again and have a look at that before we do our review because I want to really see how it just really 
take a look at it and go what was going on there because I remember being confused at the start of the game I'd like to go back now knowing what happens and, and see it I still think it was confusing out of interest do you remember how many hours you played when you completed yeah 45 hours 45 hours I was no wrong I was level 45 oh right <laughs> 39 hours, maybe? Um, I can't remember exactly. I'll find out, because it's on your certificate you get at the end. Um, and uh, Certificate? Yeah, you get a yeah. completion certificate. There's a photo <laughs> on it. You can choose the photo. It's pretty funny, actually. Do you choose one of, is it like one of Prompto's? One of the ones Prompto's taken. You chose a cup noodle, didn't you? Mm, no, I just photoshopped that. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I chose the one where they were all together, because I felt it fit and was nicer. Um, but you could actually choose the cup noodle. Okay. And it's really funny because there's an ending cutscene and a photo is the photo that you choose is prominent in the ending cutscene <laughs> and you can just choose a picture of a cup noodle and have this quite emotional scene really completely ruined by the cup noodle if it hadn't also been completely ruined by the context of the game but I mean it's I, I have a lot to say in the game um, but I am still sort of I still put it on and play a lot of the side content because the there's a lot to do in the game. Yeah. So yeah. Um, presumably you still have hunts and stuff as yeah. well, right? Um, I like the side content more yeah. than I like the game. I think. Yeah. Well, see, that's why it's so difficult to pin the game down. Um, you really have to go in and just be like, take it piece by piece and go. This is dire. This is good. This is great. And then that's why I think I think most people agree on the major points of the game. Like I think because there's a lot of arguing. On my stats is at least people have been arguing. Right? <laughs> no, um, there are some. Well, we we have a I guess a split among our yeah, friends. Yeah, a lot of people like it a lot, and a lot of people don't like it a lot. And I think actually, if you were to take each individual point and say what about this, everyone would be more or less in agreement. In the end, what changes is what is important to you when you're playing a game. Yeah. And some people feel one way about it and other people feel another way about it and it's like I feel as though for all of its faults Final Fantasy XV is a good game because these points and somebody go yes but I feel for all of the bits that it does well it fails at these things therefore I don't like the game the only time I would say is um, if, if you think that it's a good story you're I don't agree. I think you're actually just wrong. <laughs> but yeah. I for, think I a lot of that's going to depend on what people are looking yeah, for. If you go into the game looking for certain things, it, it, it's a hit or a miss. I think that's you what, haven't heard or yeah. played very many good stories if you think it's a good story. <laughs> a good example is like, um, I go into Final Fantasy games looking for a story. Yeah. Ever since I've played 7, I've always looked for a story in Final yeah. Fantasy and that's going to enjoy. Because that was like, I mean, obviously maybe not so much in earlier Final Fantasy games where like RPGs were very much progress through and get to the castle and save yeah. the crystal or whatever um, but in Final Fantasy 7 like, the story was the crux of that game yeah. and that's what really defined it for me uh, people might go into Final Fantasy 15 just enjoying the gameplay and that's enough Well, I think, um, but that's not enough for me yeah. so, I really want an emotional response from a fan oh no absolutely and a certain level of investment so that's the thing I think um, really at the moment I would say I'm disappointed by it. That's why I think it's so important that we do do a proper review yeah. and really break it down. Because it's really only once you inspect each individual element that you can piece together some semblance of... Uh, it's just a hard game to have a, a consensus. Yeah. I think that's going to be a game that people will disagree on for Ever. a long time. Okay, um, that's, that's fair. Which is... Because I, I think if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago before I finished it, I'd have just said categorically, it's a shit game. But just finishing it, I did... 
I remember because I went back and did some more of the open world stuff. And I remembered that I did have a lot of fun early on in the game. And now, um, it's just when it gets story heavy that it lost me. Because it does. It, it follows the story for a while and you're just like, this isn't working for me. But when I went back and I was doing the open world and you just remember that there is a lot in there that is a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And there is a lot in there that works really well and it's just kind of a strange The pacing got wrong. Like, yeah. they try and shove so much of the story down your throat later in the game. They're yeah. just like, no, main story, main story, you're doing nothing else. Um, so, that's what, I, I finished that and that was a big thing because I didn't feel like finishing it and I went back and I powered through it and got it over with and now I'm, now I'm looking at starting it again. Um, but, yeah, I would say confused feelings about some parts of the game. Pretty certain on others. God, well, we can come back can, and hear about that. We can bash those out in the, yeah. the one-off recording we did. Um, so, has there been much in the news since we last recorded? Um, Any, anything happening with video? I haven't really heard a lot. Not really, no. Not as far as we're aware. So. It's, I mean, I guess it's... it's the Last time. Guardian came out. That's not really news, but it's, it's Christmas. What does people... I don't think anyone really does anything at Christmas. That's when the games come out. Yeah, they come yeah. out. That's when everybody starts... Well, through them and why, why don't uh, we ask our, our listeners what they've been playing or what they picked up over Christmas? Yeah, that's uh, a good thing we could hear about that. It'd be, it'd be nice to hear what you guys uh, have been up to or what you've been playing, so let us know and we'll, we'll read you out on the next time we record. Uh, did any of you guys pick up anything in the Steam sale? No, not the Steam sale. Uh, my PC, although I did, I did just fix you it. You did, yeah. I fixed my PC. Still some things I need to fix. Um... It doesn't quite work. It's getting old. Uh, so I You're getting errors and blue screens and stuff. Yeah, blue screens. Yeah. Um, and I need to just nail that down. And I didn't really want to spend money on games that I wasn't sure I'd be able to play right now. Yeah. Yeah, Might as well just buy them later. I mean, I know it's the sale, but... Um, I got gifted a Japanese learning program. I'm going to try that out. It's called Influent. I think you can get it for any different language. I'm not really sure how it works. Uh. But um, I'll take a look at that uh, okay. it was a very thoughtful little gift <laughs> I I picked up Valhalla on Dave's oh, uh, Cyberpunk Waifu Bartan yes <laughs> on, on Dave's suggestion or yeah. his recommendation it sounds good I love it already uh, I also picked up Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the First Sin um, because I always go on about Dark Souls 3 and how much I love it and I'm also playing through the first Dark Souls for the first time really I've not completed that um, but I figured the natural progression is whether it's good or bad I'd like to experience it for myself it's the like I said earlier if you're a fan of Dark Souls it's more Dark Souls yeah it's really um, it's just it doesn't reach the heights or the Dark Souls sets the bar quite high yeah so when you're saying when you're comparing a game to Dark Souls and you say it's not good what you really mean is it's not great like sure. Dark Souls 2 I wouldn't say it's a bad game it's just not up there with Dark Souls 1 and 3 and Bloodborne uh-huh. um, it, so it feels very much like a compromise on quality I think but it, that's not to say it isn't still a good game yeah I think it would be interesting to, to at the very least compare the, the other titles to it's it it's interesting because if you haven't played it um, the main difference is Dark Souls 2 works as a hub 
and then each it, things branch off from the main hub in a very linear fashion. You go down that way, you do that, you come back to the hub. You go down that way, you do that, you come back to the hub. Uh, whereas Dark Souls has always been very interconnected. The mm. worlds are all very real in the way that they work in logical space. Yeah. Whereas this is very much a game with branches off of a hub and you have to come back to the hub to get to the next bit. Bloodborne made a good compromise about the hub and hunt of themes separate. Yeah. Which was a hub but was separate from the actual main yeah. map itself. So. Um, and yeah. the world itself is all still really yeah. fully connected. I mean, it works, it, it works similar to Dark Souls uh, 3. 3. Um, the, the kiln is yeah. outside of the... And even Dark Souls 1, although um, there is a hub, it's the wherever that... I can't remember what it's called. It's where um, the Snake Man is. He's underground. Uh, I forgot what it's called. You you go there. The the crow takes you there after you've yeah. done the Undead Asylum or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, although it's still integrated into the world, you can warp back and forth between uh, between fireplaces, can't you? In yeah. One. I think you have to unlock that though, right? What later on? Oh, you might. Texas got framped. Yeah, you do. You need to. You need to do that so I don't think Texas got framped. That's the Snake Boy. So it's it's still still present but just the way it works in Dark Souls 2 is so different it's like the, the level design isn't as good everything is the same it's a Dark Souls game just everything doesn't doesn't feel as considered yeah. or I picked up a bunch of uh, really decent Mega Drive or Genesis games as well yeah. so I got um, off of Steam off on Steam yeah, yeah. yeah. Me- do you remember the really weird environment that they the Mega Drive classic oh, the old oh, the thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's like, like a VR. It's, it sets it up like a bedroom, and then yeah. you you play the games through interacting with the television. It's, it's not great. <laughs> I, I think I'll just jump into them from the actual Steam console itself. But yeah, so I picked up uh, Rystar, Dynamite Heady, which are two of my absolute favorites. Yeah, uh, of all time. Rystar uh, inspired Knuckles Chaotix to some degree, or Sonic Crackers was that? The, the, the These Sonic are made up games. <laughs> no, no, Sonic Crackers. Was just Sonic Crackers. You're, you're attached <laughs> by a, a ring. Yeah, it was, was, it. was that not shit I think yes, it was. It was a prototype that became Knuckles Chaotix. Right. Yeah. But like the whole swinging mechanic and Rystar and all that kind of thing, like reconnected things, inspired Sonic Crackers, in fact, inspired Knuckles Chaotix, <laughs> and then also inspired Sonic Unleashed, where he became the Wolfman with R- stretchy arms. Rystar was Sonic. I feel like I'm watching it. Yes, it was. Right it was Sonic yeah. team that developed that, and then it's it's just a really really nice game. Yeah. yeah. Everything you say about Sonic sounds like bullshit. It's like, like, guarantee it sounds like true. made up I, stuff. I, I That's all the Sonic true. game where he's a, a a werewolf with stretchy arms. Have you played that? You Sonic, played that Sonic sure Crackers, you know. where he's a Christmas cracker who swings from the ceiling. <laughs> and now Knuckles Chaotix. Knuckles Chaotix. We have to be a bee and a crocodile. What? <laughs> it does. And an armadillo. And an armadillo. Sorry. Uh, I haven't played Sonic Unleashed. I don't think it's it's good. I played I Sonic, like Sonic Unleashed. Ah, right. It's, I've it's played, I've played enough Sonic to know who Sonic is. I played Sonic 1, 2, some of the, some of the other the older games. Uh, the one that's on the Master System. The good old classic Sonic. Oh, uh, Master I've played Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. I've played Sonic Generations. Yeah. Might be it. I know Did you of play Sonic, Sonic Heroes? No. Oh, I don't like that very much. But everything in there is just a Sonic game. And then now I'm hearing there's, he's, a, he's a werewolf. Yeah, Sonic the Sonic, is... Sonic the Black Knight, is that again? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a knight. Um, Sonic gets with a humanoid female girl. <laughs> That's 2006. 
Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be Sonic the Adventure 3. It was. Actually. Sonic's best friend is a dragon with four shoes. <laughs> four fast shoes. Oh, no. This It's just <laughs> is every time I hear people talk about Sonic, it feels like they're taking the piss out of me because I don't know enough about Sonic so to one, call you out on your bullshit. One thing we did talk about before, right? Cause, so another, like, talk about sorry, another game that I picked up was Sonic 3 and Knuckles on right. Steam. I'm sure well, we were talking the soundtrack before. was changed, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Well, so that's what I was going to say, because I didn't think they were ever allowed to release that on anything Be- else. Because Michael Jackson was involved in the soundtrack, um, they had yeah. to change yeah, yeah. the OST, so... Yeah, I heard it. That'll be interesting. Okay. See, I know this is a Sonic game. I yeah. played this one. <laughs> this is a real yeah, Sonic game. This exists, you're not lying I own Sonic 3. Sonic 3 and also Knuckles. Yeah. It had uh, like Sonic Knuckles. It's like a password. You card. could flip it open and then you could put your Sonic 3 into it. It yeah. was mental. It was all those <laughs> images of people stacking them. Yeah. Or you could put Sonic 1 on it and it would take you to an endless game of blue feel. It would. Uh, you could put it in Sonic 2 in it and it let Knuckles go into the Sonic 2 environment. And broke it because you could go anywhere. Yes. <laughs> the levels were not designed for Knuckles. They absolutely were not. Float endlessly. Anyway, um, shit, what were you even talking about? Things we picked up on the Steam sale. Oh, Mega Drive. Ristar. Ristar, sorry. Ristar. Yeah, it's a good game. My Heady as well, fantastic game. Great. Like, My Heady is almost like a parody uh, of like video game genres. You're like running through a, a studio, uh, a movie studio, and you go through all the different um, like game genres, and then you adapt to them. So you can be in a, a World War Two um, film type thing where your head turns into a biplane and you start. Sh- it's it's really weird, really subversive. <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm having a fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sonic's a, a werewolf for sexual arms, and there's a man with a biplane for his head, and. Um, there's a dragon with four fast shoes. I don't know what's going on. Dynamite Heady was great as a kid. Do you remember, like, I, as a kid? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't apply to you, but I would watch the the uh, James Bond films, and I was most interested in the gadgets. Yeah. So this was like, so you know, you were, Bond, to be fair. your character was like a Swiss Army knife. You could change your heads out by hitting these power ups, and you could, uh, you got all sorts of different power ups as a result. So you got heads that spat fire. You got heads that. Look like spiky shells and would let you climb up the sides of walls in the same way Knuckles does. Um, it was just, it was just incredible. It was like uh, a little sandpit, you know. Yeah. And you could interact in the world in all these different ways with these different heads. But it's a very difficult game, and I'm, I'm going to complete it. I'm going to fight it, and I'm going to win. And yeah, I just that that and Ristar were two great games for me. And Sonic Three and Knuckles is again, it's another one of these games that's just timeless for me. Um, and it's going to be completely ruined now that I know the soundtrack's been, uh, been changed. Um, uh, you're probably as, like, there are various ROM hacks, not that I'm endorsing downloading ROM hacks. <laughs> no, but, uh, it's fine. Sega uh, encourages it, I think. Yeah, there's there's one that um, Sonic 3 Complete, which is Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Like, like for a while ago, there was a there was a couple of prototypes leaked of what was it originally going to be, like, a proper cartridge that had Sonic 3 and Knuckles in it. Right. Like, one cartridge. Um, but I was unfinished when they released so a couple of ROM hackers got a hold of that and then integrated like missing bits into it and then worked out all the glitches in Sonic 3 Knuckles because that's a notoriously like, kind of glitchy game yeah. it's Sonic 3 and also Knuckles um, so it's it's basically the best version of that game you can play you've got different soundtrack options you can pick um, I think safe so, states all some, that some people outside are celebrating the new year early sorry if there's like fireworks being picked up in the background there yeah. They're celebrating Sonic still being alive. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, um, Sonic Three Complete is a, a good ROM hack. It's not like it doesn't take liberties or anything. It's just what Sonic Three and Knuckles probably should be like in a kind of kind of definite experience cool. kind of way. I'll maybe try it out after the the podcast and see how, how I get on with it. Um, we didn't buy anything. Well, I didn't buy anything from the Steam sale, but we bought. Did you buy anything in Tesco? 
Asa. Well, I, I picked up um, a couple of Quantic Dream games on oh, PS4. Yeah. Um, uh, Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Which did they get released for the PS4? Did they? They did. Yeah. They were remastered and released as a single uh, product. Yeah. You can play the Willem Dafoe yeah. video game. Well, and, I've, um, I've not played that one before, one. but Heavy Rain, uh, me and a couple of friends played and completely ruined it. Um, everyone died. Uh, and everybody was shouting Sean you did it, it was just terrible. It was it was a mess. I, I like because we were passing the controller around, none of us were really getting used oh, to it for long yeah. enough, so we lost at every oh. challenge. I would and, have loved uh, to have played Heavy Rain. Yeah. I never played it because I was gonna borrow it from somebody in college. Uh-huh. When it came out they played it and they were gonna lend it to me. As they were handing it to me in college, somebody else in my class just said who the killer was. Oh and so I was you were like, like not interested, Yeah, me. I was just like I think well, it's, there's no point playing it now. It, thanks. It's a shame when it was first marketed. Yeah. The whole, uh, the whole spiel about it was, oh, you can play it loads of different times and get different results. But yeah. once, once you know who the killer is, yeah. that never changes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So things can change in it. And then I mean, the it would, is, I think it's the kind of thing though. It's like you could replay it knowing who it is, but you really want to know. You want to know how you are. I would miss out on all the things it's like, oh, maybe I was thinking it was going to be this guy or yeah. I'm yeah. thinking maybe it's going to be this or not. And she'd be like, well, this, obviously it's him. I think Obviously it's him. The thing is as well, until the reveal, it could be anyone. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's one thing that bugged me is I wonder why they didn't play with that and like change, change it slightly it. so that, you know, in some cases someone else could be the killer. Yeah. Take turns, eh? It's just, it's only fair. Maybe you one day I'll Fahrenheit? try. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fahrenheit was good. That was or, really or good. what was it? Indigo. Indigo prophecy. Indigo prophecy in the states. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's, just because we're talking, well, I've never, I've never actually played Heavy Rain. But all of I've their games Fahrenheit follow the same kind of uh, profile. Like yeah. they're all uh, linear. Sto- well, not linear actually. They're all story based with decision branches and uh, quick time events. Mm. Um, so it's they're they're much more like interactive. Novels or movies, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, I, like I that. didn't buy anything from Steam or Asda or Tesco, but I did pick up some games over the Christmas period. Yeah, you did? actually, yes. that's a lie. Uh, Christmas Eve, Eve, the 20th, or actually, it might 23rd. have been Christmas Eve, or the twenty third or the twenty fourth. No, it was the twenty fourth. Friday was it Christmas Eve? Can't remember. I think it was the twenty fourth. <laughs> I went. I did go to Tesco and I did buy The Last Guardian. Which I haven't yet opened oh. and played. Oh. I will. Funny thing about that is uh, that got spoiled as well, so I know oh, the ending to that. Um, You've not had very much luck. No, no. Uh, I thought you. But I'm sure I'll still be able to enjoy the last it. Guardian. We well, we've kind of got it on back order on yeah. Amazon because they dropped the price to twenty five pounds. Yes, so I've bought it. I've bought it for twenty four ninety nine, but it's a case of waiting for Amazon to email and say when it's getting dispatched. Oh, more stock. Yeah. Yeah, or, and I bought the Life is Strange limited edition. So we've we've got enough to last us for the rest of the year. Which I'm not actually that looking forward to playing because I don't think I like it. What, Life is Strange? Yeah. I don't like the look of it. I don't like the I watched you play it and I played part of it because I got the first part of it on Steam with a Square Enix bundle thing. And I don't actually really like it very much. I think it's a really crap story that's really obvious and I don't really like it. But I haven't played the whole thing so I figured for a tenner for the PlayStation 4 I'd give it a bash. Fair enough. Worth worth a punt. Also bought... Uh, Dave and I on Boxing Day yes. went through to Glasgow. The reason we went through to Glasgow was a uh, vintage gaming store, retro gaming store, whatever you want to call it, was having a 10% off sale 
For Boxing Day. Yes. Mm, so, so we went through there. This is Schmup. Right? Yeah, Schmup Games. And Hillhead. Hillhead. So this isn't an endorsement, but I no. like, think we should talk about it for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not the kind of shop you get a lot of shops like these. So it's yeah. great. Um, one thing I would say about it is uh, if you're into buying retro games and you go to somewhere like CEX, it's 90% shit. Yeah. Like you have to sift through 10 copies of FIFA, you know. Six Call of Duty. Pre-owned games is really, this isn't a pre-owned game store. This isn't no. CEX and this isn't um, cash converters or something where this is a store which specializes in retro games. So the stock felt curated to a degree. Uh, you're looking for it and it's not just... It's hand-picked. Yeah, it's like we're going to sell these games... Um, there wasn't a great amount of stock. There was a, a bunch no, of stock, but it was there was maybe 30 PlayStation 1 games. There was maybe 30 PlayStation 2 games. There was maybe 30 Xbox games. Uh, and then there was some cabinets. with the, One side of the store is all glass cabinets mm. with higher profile stuff in there, things that are more expensive, things that are rare. Sure. Uh, and that's great. They had things like uh, a Game Gear. They had a Neo Geo Pocket. They had um, Metroid for the NES boxed. You know, you're going there to buy something that is sought after. You oh, know, something some somebody wants. Yeah. So, game in history. Yeah. So you're not going to go in there finding the deal of a century. Yeah. This isn't a place to go and get a find. In I think a good example I saw in there was um, they had a PS1 with yeah. the carry case that you could buy for like an official Sony Lance carry case and the LCD screen that clipped on it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. That. so this something isn't, like that. Yeah. This That's isn't cool. a car boot sale. You're not going to go find there and look find for a, a bunch of shit games and find yeah. that game you're looking for. It's, a te- it's yeah. £10. They it's don't a, know the value. It's a store. They yeah. know this guy knows the value of this thing. But the thing is, um, people might look at that and turn their nose up at it. But the thing is, these are fair prices. Yeah. He's not gouging you or yeah. anything. Yeah. They're, they're not yeah. presumably well taken care of as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's more that he This is what the these games were worth. Cool. Yeah, they're uh, in good condition. Yeah, and it's, it's in, so it's in the course's arcade um, yeah. on. Uh, I lost the name of the street. But it's, if uh, you go to a Hillhead subway station, it's like two minutes walk. It's yeah. just behind it, yeah, on Cresswell Lane. Uh, it's actually where uh, an old game store used to be yeah. uh, back when I lived there. But I, I, the same day that I discovered it, uh, I went in and found out they were closing down. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I picked up. You're a bad omen. I got. Oh, I got some good deals. My trip. I got Resident Evil Three Nemesis. I got Vagrant Story. Uh, I picked up a Commodore sixty four with three games, a joystick, and a cassette tape. Do you remember what games? Yes, I got Ghostbusters. Specifically, the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's what it says. The real Ghostbusters. Cartoon, That's the cartoon. Yeah. I got Batman: The Caped Crusader, which is two games on one cart. Or cassette, not uh-huh. cart. One side, it was... One of them was called the... Oh, uh... Two, two episodes, basically, of games. They both follow two different stories. Haven't played it. One of them was called A Fate Worse Than Death. That's it. A Fate Worse Than Death. <laughs> but Spell, was A Fate is in like a town fate. Yeah, F-E-T-E. Oh my goodness. A Fate Worse Than Death. And then the other one... I wonder how they'll, they'll tie that into a Joker thing. Oh, I don't know. And the third game I got was a cartridge-based game. which was called Radar Rat Race. And here's actually an interesting thing I didn't realise about... The Commodore 64. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's so much about the Commodore 64 or the Atari. It used to be that um, it's to do with RAM and ROM. And they would have only so much RAM yeah. and so much ROM. And a cart-based game is ROM, read-only uh-huh. memory. 
uh, and but any other program had to be loaded into the RAM of the game yeah. of the console. So if it's a floppy disk or a cassette, you need to load it into the ROM. Oh no, sorry, the RAM before <laughs> you play it. So the RAM will say 8K or 16K. So wow. that is the <laughs> limit of your program in your RAM. Presumably that's so not DDR3 8K. I don't know. It's but the, ROM, <laughs> the cartridge basically doesn't need to use RAM and isn't relying on the RAM or the ROM of the system. Yep. So when you put it into the game, uh, to the console, play it, that game is running off the ROM of the cartridge so it can have more space, more memory for the game yeah. than is in the system. It'll also load a hell of a lot yeah. faster. So I didn't really... So in, in earlier sim, uh, consoles, the floppy and the cassette tapes have games that aren't as complex as the cartridge. But in later uh, computers, like the Commodore 64, which I think had 64K RAM, yeah. the cartridges still only had a certain amount of ROM in it. So now you could load larger programs into the RAM and the cartridge games are now worse than the floppy games or the cassette games. The cassette games and the floppy games were better than the cartridge-based games. Is that not interesting? I, th- I just yeah. find that yeah. funny. It's very cool. The way it works. I, I've, I've recently been reading a lot about my Commodore 64, if you could tell. <laughs> my first console was an old Spectrum. Yeah. Well, I say it was my console. It was my brother's console, my older brother's console, and uh, he used to let me play with him. But I do remember the long loading times because it ran from tape. Yeah. Uh, and I also remember putting one of those tapes into my, uh, my little tape player and just it sounded oh. like it was screaming at me. Funny the little bit of... The first thing I ever played a game on was an Astrad. An Amstrad, I had an Amstrad for a shop, you did the thing, yeah. Yeah. A bit of trivia for that thing. Was that in like a primary school or something? Uh, no, my great aunt had one in her house. I don't know why, never to this day did I ever think to ask her Right. why she had one. Well, but I used to play, yeah, why she had an Amstrad, because she, like, she didn't play games or anything. She didn't have kids. She had loads of, like, loads of cassette games. I used to play Bomberman, and I used to play, yeah. what's the question game? The question, yeah. like twenty fruit. questions or something. No, like fruit, vegetable, mineral thing. Yeah, maybe twenty questions. questions yeah. Twenty questions. Yeah. I used to love that game. Yeah. That's why I asked so many questions. <laughs> um, so that's so who I got to play. They've got some games. Oh, I got Dino Crisis one and two, uh-huh. and Rival Schools, which I do on in Japanese. Oh, um, yeah. Rival Schools is so good. Yeah, Rival Schools is fucking fantastic. Um, it's it's like J-pop meets Tekken. <laughs> yeah, it's very very odd. It's uh, it's. It's got a combo system that doesn't really work like any other fighter either. It's like a, it's kind of like a dialogue combo in Tekken, but like there's a bit more variation in it. It's a lot more kind of action packed. Um, it's not. I don't, it doesn't come across as quite as complex as well mechanically complex like um, Street Fighter because uh-huh. around the same time Street Fighter Three was just coming out and stuff yeah. like that. And this this is PS One as well. So PS One, yeah. So uh, like Street Fighter Three was a really big deal because like that's one of the more or probably the most mechanically complex fighting games out there, along with like Guilty Gear and all that kind of thing. Um, but like a lot of appeal is the character designs and the story, which is based on three or four Warren schools, hence the name um, Frank Schools. Well, at least in the West, and in Japan it's called Shichitsu Justice Gakuen, which uh, means um, stand-up um, schools of justice, I think. Um, but it's all these different characters are like archetypes of people in Japanese schools. Like you've got the generic school girl, you've got the huge guy with it that's a teacher and he's got like a, a kendo stick and wears a red tracksuit yeah. uh, you've got the hot bloody young guy you've got the, the baseball player um, there's also the foreign school um, Pacific High which has a a football player called Roberto who is Italian <laughs> um, the American guy called Roy who punches really hard and his girlfriend Tiffany who wears a Stars and Stripes bikini and <laughs> um, 
uses boxing gloves and says exciting a lot. Nice. As you do. Yes. yes. It's, it's a That's totally done so in high school, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, especially one that's based in Japan, sure, yeah. why not? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. Um, quite hard to find for a decent price now, um, because it, did, it wasn't massive in the West. It wasn't massive in the East either. It kind of was like a small series. Um, Dino Crisis 1 and 2, kind of the same idea. Um, Dino Crisis is a Resident Evil type game. Yeah. But instead of a mansion, it's a tech facility. Instead of zombies, it's dinosaurs. Yeah, um, like, it's very much. I mean, to say it's inspired by Jurassic Park would be kind of like saying the grass is green. <laughs> it's very, very Jurassic Park inspired. It's difficult. It is it's a hard much game. Much harder yeah. than Resident Evil. You, like, in the first game, at least, you're very much encouraged to not kill dinosaurs because it's really hard to kill dinosaurs. Uh, you kind of have to manoeuvre around them because they follow you between rooms as well, like Nemesis does in 3. Resident Evil 3, that is. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of emphasis on like tranquilise the dinosaurs and work your way around them before they wake up again. Um, and it, They're like obstacles rather than enemies. It's quite interesting. Another interesting thing is they don't use pre-rendered backgrounds. It's all 3D. Um, so it looks a bit more like uh, Metal Gear Solid visually. Yep. Um, it's quite an interesting look. It's... Um, it's quite aesthetically distinct from Resident Evil in that sense. Dino Crisis 2 is a bit of a different game, but you are very much encouraged to shoot dinosaurs <laughs> in that game. Um, there is a combo aspect in that game, so like however many dinosaurs you can shoot in a specific area, you got combo multiplier. Right. Um, and you, the, the game is based on racking up points, and then you spend the points to buy more guns. Let's never talk about Dino Crisis 3. No, because that's set in space. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah it's I awful. love it already. Dinosaurs in space. It's the dinosaurs come from. I think what is it? They find. Do they they find travel back in time or something, or the dinosaurs travel forward in time, and there's. <laughs> it's basically um. And have you seen uh, Event Horizon? A ship, yeah. a ship disappears in space, comes back, and is like full of time dinosaurs or something. Oh my God. It's awful. It's genuinely not a good game. Is it all like a robot T-Rex now as well or something like that? Something really stupid. It sounds like a film mm-hmm. that like, should be coming out around about now since they've run out of good ideas. Yeah. It was, it was Shark not Nado. well received. Sh- that Sharknado way. versus Dino yeah. Crisis. It was an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. That's weird. Um, Xbox. 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 But yeah, um, Shmup is, is good. Um, like, like Liam said, they've not got a huge selection of games, but what they have is of a pretty consistent level of quality. Yeah, I would say so, the amount of games is not to its detriment. It's like, it's almost a good thing. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, you just, you go there and... You don't have to rake through stuff. Yeah. For someone Actually, that wants to specialise in retro games, I think it yeah. should definitely be quality over quantity. Yeah. Really. So it's definitely a niche store as well. You're not gonna, like, they had a few new games in there, but they weren't like, it's not the focus. No, yeah. absolutely not. Um, what else did he have? He had the Neo Geo Pocket... He had the uh, Commodore. He had the Japanese Mega Drive. He had some Saturn games. He had the Commodore. Um, I think he had a he had a couple of Famicom games. He had a bunch of Game Boys. Yeah, bunch of Game Boys. Um, he had that. He had, he had a standee from when um, Final Fantasy VII came out. Oh wow! Like Final Fantasy VII standee, not for sale. Just Which he told us a very interesting story about. It was quite entertaining actually. But yeah, it was the, the original standee for Final Fantasy VII being launched in the UK. Oh cool. nice. So. Is it like plastic or cardboard? Or cardboard. And it's in still good nick as well. What's, do, you have, do you have time to tell us the story? No, I'd rather let him tell it because it's right. not my story to tell. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, I'll uh, hopefully be here going down there tomorrow. 
um, at some point in the afternoon. We'll have checking. to go in and be like, here, my pal says you've got a good story. Or if you guys I'll, I'll, I'll just like, point tell, it us, be like, tell us the story you told tell them. Tell me about that. Tell One thing to say, don't ask him to sell it to you because he's not gonna. So, <laughs> you know, everything has a price. <laughs> Also, make sure he's not talking about any movies before you go in. <laughs> oh, no. Because he, he spoiled Rogue oh. One for myself. <laughs> well, though, generic Star Wars Nerd 1 and 2 spoiled one. Rogue One for you. No, no, he was the one talking about it. Oh, was he? Right. Yeah, it was him. Um, that is poor form. That is yeah. poor form. But worth it for the good games <laughs> that we picked up. Yes, it was. Uh, not too fast about Rogue One. Cool. Right, well, uh, that's probably a good place to, to uh, finish up. Sure. Um, Happy New Year. Game quote. Uh, yes, I've uh, I've actually got one. I've not done done one for a while, so okay. If you don't mind, can I? My game quote is: A strong man doesn't need to read the future; he makes his own. Uh, if you know what that's from, you can leave a comment on our SoundCloud page. You can drop a message to us on Twitter or uh, leave a comment on the the blog. Um, but if you think you know what it is, tell us. And again, if you have any feedback, questions, criticism. If you want to tell us what you got for Christmas, what you're playing just now, drop us a message. Only tell us what you got for Christmas if it's a game. I don't care if you got six Link sets. Everybody gets six Link sets. Yeah, I don't care. Don't care if you got that for Christmas. <laughs> if, you have, if you have male genitals, you're guaranteed a Link set at Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't actually matter. Link's so. Africa. Right, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.